Are you craving incredible song recitals? Are you interested in a behind-the-scenes view into professional song making at the highest levels of artistry? Are you looking to develop your own artistic and entrepreneurial skills as a classical musician in this ever-changing 21st century landscape? If you found yourself saying yes to any of those questions, look no further than Cincinnati Song Initiative's week-long program, The Fellowship of the Song. Taking place this year from May 19 through 26, The Fellowship brings together some of the country's brightest song performers and teachers for a week of classes, concerts, and study events. And we invite you to join us as an auditor, either in person in Cincinnati or online wherever you may be located. When you join the fellowship as an auditor, you gain instant access to the entire week's events and can go back and relive the magic through HD video recordings of each and every session. To learn more about this incredible new opportunity, visit CincinnatiSongInitiative.org slash audit. Okay, there we go. Gain, 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 gain. Taka, 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 taka. So much gain. <laughs> okay, do we feel good about that? We feel good. We feel good in the neighborhood. Excellent. <laughs> we have our cold open. Excellent. <laughs> Burn. So cold. This is Song Cycle, where we gab with cool people who bring their innovative ideas and projects to life to contribute to a more vibrant society through song. I'm your host, Sam Martin, founding artistic director of Cincinnati Song Initiative. Let's get into it. Whether it's performers with amazing stories from the stage, entrepreneurs and administrators who work tirelessly to push our industry forward in exciting ways, composers with an eye toward the future of song, or anybody else in this big community, I want to hear from them and share their stories with you. Okay, friends, welcome to the second episode of season three of the Song Cycle podcast here with Cincinnati Song Initiative. Today, we are delighted to be speaking with my close friends, our our organization friends, our neighbors down the road in Cincinnati. It is Queen City Cabaret featuring the lovely Sarah Folsom and Matthew Umphreys. Hello, you guys. Hello. Hello! So good to be with you, Sam. Hi, Sam. This is far overdue, and we are so happy that uh, CSI and QCC are teaming up this season, and I'm so excited to get to talk to you and learn more about your incredible organization that you've built kind of on the same timeline as as CSI. So I'm just really excited for this. So thank you for being here. Sam, it's amazing that I think it was 10 years ago this year, you and I uh, first met and we were cramped in a tiny little closet at CCM. Uh, <laughs> that was our office. Uh, and we would just go in there. There was standing room only uh, to hide away from all the singers. But who would have thought <laughs> that, you know, here we would be uh, at our organizations collaborating. I love it. I love it so much. From janitorial closet in CCM to janitorial closet, each at our own nonprofit organization. We barely moved up, but, but we're still here. There's a little bit more elbow room at this point. Uh, yes, small, small gains, small gains. 
<laughs> okay, y'all. So, so, all right. I want uh, let's let's build from the bottom up here. Uh, Sarah and Matthew, please tell the good listeners a little bit each about yourselves as individuals and how you became attracted and drawn to this genre that you now present with Queen City Cabaret. Okay, let's start with let's start with you, Sarah. Oh, this is a great question, um, and my answer. It always takes me back to sitting in front of my grandmother's television set on on top of shag carpeting um, in her den. It was called the den. That's where you watched TV. And I was, of course, you know, my father wasn't there. So I was sitting about two inches from the TV screen. Um, really guilty pleasure. And, you know, now I can't see. He was right. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I remember watching White Christmas and watching Rosemary Clooney's performance of Love You Didn't Do Right By Me. And that was one of the first moments just sitting there as probably a six-year-old child. I knew that I wanted to be where the music was. I knew that I wanted to be a performer. Um, I already knew that I loved to sing. And so I had a feeling that that was going to be a part of it. Um, and really, it just went from there. I spent many years studying classical music and enjoying classical music. Um, but at the end of the day, the genre of cabaret and sort of the, the musical genres that it encompasses, you know, theatrical music, uh, jazz standards, vintage pop, um, and so many other things, that has, that's where my voice feels at home. It's where my soul feels most at home. And I think... Um, it, those genres are where I feel um, I most easily and clearly can speak as an artist. I don't know if that makes sense outside of my own head, but it's just where I feel that um, I can tell the best stories, if you will. Um, so that's really how I found myself here. Matthew definitely egged me on. Um <laughs> a, a gentle shove. <laughs> right. uh, we lived in classical world. We both did for so long. I think, you know, I, uh, I, uh, in, in college and grad school was such a classical focused, uh, uh, pianist, but I was kind of an underground, uh, I thought was underground, uh, cabaret pianist and musical theater pianist. And, and, and I was standing outside of that janitorial closet. I was one of the singers he was hiding from being like, will you play for me? Will you play? <laughs> knock, knock, knock. That is true. Nope. The door's locked. It's lunchtime. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I, I would, you know, in, in college, when I would get super stressed, I would like go to a practice room and pull out my, uh, like Jason Robert Brown <laughs> anthology and would just like bang away at the piano. And it would, it would make me feel better, uh, to like sing and play through these, these interesting stories. And I, I love cabaret. I love the idea of a lot of these songs are a whole kind of story in, in one song. It's, it's not a whole, uh, package it's like each song is its own own special thing uh when it comes to like great american songbook and uh a lot of some of these um broadway tunes but the broadway tunes have really kind of transcended their own shows and and become part of um the tunes that we that we do those have always just been yeah a part of what i would do um in the shadows when my uh, piano teacher <laughs> couldn't couldn't hear 
Uh, <laughs> and so, it, you know, once you're out of school and kind of kind of explore um, all the different kinds of music that that you kind of put on the back burner while you were hyper focusing, um, then it, yeah, it was great to really explore that. And I felt like we hit that. Sarah and I hit that kind of at the same point uh, a few years out of grad school, where we were like, oh, it's it's time to to come back to this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm really glad that we did. <laughs> so you were both classically trained, and you were in each other's orbits by then. But you both found you both had this love for this cabaret theater genre, and you both found each other and found out that each other liked it as well. And you sort of were even more intertwined through that. Then I would say so. You know, we, we collaborated on my master's degree recital. I remember this, I think, what did we do? Some Vivaldi. We did some um, foray. We did, I don't even, I don't remember. <laughs> bangers. Um, too long right, ago. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was a lineup of straight bangers. That much is clear. But, um, <laughs> <Yeah. I don't laughs> um, but yeah, so we were already collaborating. We, we were already friends. Um, I, I wish, I wish that I had a clear memory of when, cause I know we started dabbling. I know we started, mm-hmm. you know, saying, Oh, what if, you know, what if we just run through this or, you know, what if we try on this song or mm-hmm. yeah. And it, I, I do remember that one of the first songs that we explored together that was out of a classical genre was probably Skylark. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, just an exquisite, exquisite tune. Um, and I think that was one of the songs that we worked on it together and we were like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) Maybe, maybe this is a thing that we could do. Um, and then it just, we kind of, you know, went from there. Well, okay, good. So that's a perfect segue. So how, how did you go from figuring out through you know, screwing around in the practice room with Skylark and other tunes. How did that go from that to let's not just put on concerts, but let's found a nonprofit organization. Take us through that because your origin story here is really cool. And your, your, the, this sort of genre pivot is super cool. How did you decide to found an organization out of it? We're a little bit delusional and optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) I know the feeling. I know the feeling. The first, I mean, the first concert that we put on, we did not put on under the name Queen City Cabaret. It was uh, uh, just a a one-off outing. and At Urban Artifact mm -hmm. in Northside. Classic. I was like, you bring a keyboard and I'll wear something glittery and we'll just mm-hmm. do a bunch of, we'll just do a bunch of songs. We, we grabbed some, some greenery from my church uh, <laughs> to like set up and try to spruce up the stage, which made it look more like a funeral than, uh, than an actual event. So we <laughs> took them all down and uh, took them back to the church. Uh, so it was, yeah, we, we just tried to make it nice and, but we just did songs that we, wanted to do uh and i think we called that concert mostly about love and, and it was and it was and had a couple of friends uh sing on it and then but then a bunch of people came and they all said when's the next one and and we said oh okay uh, uh, i guess i guess they'll i guess we'll we'll think about it um and so we started 
really thinking, well, what are we going to do next? And what if we did this for real? And so it really led us to say, well, let's, let's find a project to work on. Let's find something that we can't just do kind of random concerts of whatever music we want. I mean, we can, but, but what if we find something a little more focused, which is when we really started diving into the music of Rosemary Clooney and, and kind of uh, diving into her legacy in Cincinnati. And um, yeah, Queen City Cabaret was, was born uh, really kind of in conjunction with our deepening love for Rosemary Clooney and for the music that we found here in Cincinnati. So this, this city proved to be a really natural place, I think, for us to start this adventure because so many roots grow out of Cincinnati. So many musical roots grow out of Cincinnati. Um, so many uh, amazing musicians and uh, so much music history um, is just, you know, is weaving through this city still. Um, so it was a really, it was a really easy sell once we started to explore. When I give my heart, it will be In all actuality, you could just continue to have put on concerts and you could have even named yourselves and you could have created a schedule without without um, creating an organization. So uh, how did you decide that you wanted to make it an organization? And it sounds, Sarah, from what you just said, that there started to be a semblance of like something that you wanted to say or some information that you wanted to share with Cincinnati about everything that you were finding out about this city being a, a good sort of fodder for this genre. I mean, did that have anything to do with that? Or like, I, I'm just like, was, was it, you were like, well, we're going to ticket stuff. So we have to get legit or we want to build a website <laughs> or we want like, what, what made you decide to, to make it a 501c3 nonprofit organization? You know, I think you, I think you hit the, the nail on the head. Um, is that how the saying goes? I've never. You really nailed known. it. Great, yeah. great. But um, I, I think that's just it. We realized that throughout our entire musical lives, even though we've, you know, studied many different kinds of music, this, this great American songbook and, and other related cabaret genres, this is where our hearts were. And mm -hmm. um, because so much of that um, has a relationship with this city, we almost felt this drive, you know, Matthew and I were both kind of, we're nerdy. So we felt this drive that we wanted to share these stories and, and share this music 
in in a, like a an educational way. I mean, not like we're doing PowerPoint presentations, you know, but we just we felt so passionate about these stories that on one hand, we wanted to have this organization that was dedicated to honoring this music and keeping the stories of the people who created it and made it in the past alive. Um, we wanted to teach people in Cincinnati who would enjoy coming to a show and having a cocktail and listening to um, some beautiful tunes. We wanted to give them a connection to their home, their city uh, in a more nuanced way. Um, we also wanted to, you know, have the power of an organization to uplift musicians who are currently, you know, mm. working professional artists in this city. Mm -hmm. There are some really incredible musicians in this city. And through establishing a nonprofit organization, I think we've been able to, to serve more of them and to hire more of them and showcase their skills. And um, that's another thing we want to introduce our audience to. Look at all these amazing people, these yeah. amazing musicians who are living and working here. This is your city. This is something to take pride in. And so mm -hmm. I think we just felt that we could best do that through an organization. That's I, I've always felt that the cool thing about, um, the cabaret and Sam, you probably feel this uh, about CSI too, is that like what we can do with the cabaret is bigger than what either of us can do on our own. And um, what, we've both worked as independent, you know, uh, performers during the whole time we've ran the cabaret and, and long before. And so we know what that is like and kind of what the limitations are. And we really found that with the cabaret having kind of the the organizational backing of a board and um and and yeah being that kind of an organization we've been able to put on the concerts that we that we want but also uh be able to focus some of our work back into the community and mm -hmm. um raise money via different uh events that we've had over the years for like women helping women in cincinnati and um the uh, transform, transform uh, that youth organization that is fantastic and brings uh, gives a whole new wardrobe to trans kids mm. uh, at this kind of very difficult time, especially in our state <laughs> uh, for LGBTQ youth. And uh, our pride show last year, we were able to raise a good amount of money for that organization. And so being able to do these things that we, don't have an outlet to do as individuals, but um, can kind of use it for the greater community good that I think has been a, a real blessing of this organization to us, but also um, a, we're really grateful to have had the, the organization itself to help support that. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, it's so inspirational to, to see how QCC has grown and what you're doing with it. And it makes sense that, uh, an organizational structure was necessary to do all the cool things that you two um, had planned and had in your, in, in your little noggins. It's so cool. So. <laughs> we keep trying to convince our board that it is. Anyways. <laughs> oh, if you're listening board up. members, add a zero to that check that you're writing right now. They're very supportive, but they give us these, these looks uh, very often. We, we earn them That's a little true. bit. Yeah, I yeah. think it's good for us. We're the, we're the crazy artists that happen to be running these things. You know, we're not, we're not so down to earth. We just yeah. have all the, yeah. the crazy ideas. 
Yeah. So, so speaking of how cool it was that this is founded and, and uh, conducted in Cincinnati, you have done several shows as tribute shows to, to specific artists that have their roots or got started or have some serious connection to this town. Um, and it's kind of Im- impressive that there are that many cabaret artists or great American songbook artists, artists from the era that are so connected to Cincinnati. So say more about that. That has been, yeah, the gift that keeps on giving. We started with <laughs> Um, yeah, we started with Rosemary Clooney because I, I was, I am in love with her and Matthew is too. And, um, it was almost coincidental that she was in Cincinnati at the start. I mean, it, it made for a good, a good, uh, connection point, but we, we, she was on our radar. We both right. definitely knew her. Um, and then when I just, I learned that she went to high school here and she got her start singing on the radio with her sister in uh-huh. Cincinnati. We were like, well, bada boom, there you go. Um, she was a, a big one for us. Um, we, I think, gosh, one of our seasons, I don't remember which, but we did a lot of, um, a lot of uh, work around Doris Day who was even more tied to Cincinnati, really. She grew up um, in the Evanston neighborhood of Cincinnati, where her father was a music director at a big Catholic church. Um, And yeah, took dance lessons here in Cincinnati as a child. She was basically here, I think, until she moved to LA Mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, came back several times throughout her life. Um, Her father continued to live here. Um, so we did a lot, a lot with Doris Day. I mean, she recorded over 650 songs in her, uh, musical career. So there was plenty to to choose from. Uh, Uh, for CSI listeners, that's, uh, that's the equivalent of her recording all of Schubert's leader. (laughs) I don't don't know if Doris Day ever recorded any Schubert. If she had laid down every one of Schubert's leader, it would have been in the neighborhood of 650. So there's that. A similar, yeah, a similar output of just Mm -hmm. tireless work. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, she was a a big focus of ours. We've also been able to work with a really cool organization in town called Cincinnati Rocktails. The the Rocktails ladies, Kristen and Maya, are um, both wonderful musicians and bartenders and friends and they created a a, a, like a coffee table cocktail recipe book where each cocktail is based on a different Cincinnati musical artist um, many of whom came through like King Records and or some of the other recording companies um, in the middle of the century and so they have done all sorts of work and we've been able to pair with them several times and do a concert that kind of journeyed through the artists in the cocktail book while they made the cocktails at the bar. And so that was a, a really fun kind of uh, collaborative way to introduce the, well, ourselves and, and the Cincinnati <laughs> community to some of the great artists that have been through there. So we were, I mean, Rosemary Clooney and Doris Day are in there, uh, as well as Big Maybell and Nina Simone. James Brown, the Isley Brothers, uh, Hank Williams. I mean, I'm trying to remember. So, there's so many folks who recorded so here, or 
performed here, had significant parts of their lives here. Um, just really, truly exceptional, incredible. And with the, the history of the recording industry in Cincinnati mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. King Records and Jewel, Jewel Records was here Herzog as well. Herzog Records. Herzog Records. Yeah, so drew so many artists to the city um, to record music, um, you know, commercial music, R&B, jazz, um, theatrical music, things that have since become standards, you know, since the 30s, 40s, 50s, when this was happening. So it's pretty Super cool. cool. Mm -hmm. Super cool. Um, I'm kind of sick of talking about the COVID era. Uh, it feels like it's, it's like we're moving beyond it enough to an extent that I'm getting, frankly, kind of sick about talking what about what everybody did during 2020 and 2021. However, uh, QCC did some really cool and innovative stuff during the COVID era, which is uh, not something that every arts organization can say. And so I do want to ask you how you pivoted during COVID, um, because I, in my opinion, what you guys did was quite cool and um, similar to sort of what CSI did, I think it, it enabled uh, to reach a new audience that maybe we weren't thinking about uh, before the pandemic hit. So t tell us a little bit about what your strategy was during COVID. Oh, gosh. Bring, That's, bring yeah, that back I was going to say, I need, <laughs> I, are, I need... Yeah, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> I need a drink. Um, yeah, that was, yeah, as I'm sure you, you share the sentiment, that was no fun. That was a really, mm -hmm. you know, we had kind of just gotten gotten things off the ground. We were really moving. We had a following. Things were going well. And then, oh, and actually we had just done our huge fundraiser for Women Helping Women. We had made a community-wide music video featuring mm -hmm. um, speakers and a band and a choir of all women musicians from Cincinnati. We had a concert on like March 6th or something and, and showed this music video and we were like, yay. And then boom, that was it. And I think, yeah, Matthew and I, we just spent a few weeks kind of staring at each other, just trying to figure out what to do. And I think like a lot of arts organizations, we would see the next concert coming down the pike and we would say, okay, okay, maybe, maybe, and then, you know, have to cancel it. So we, our strategy was to find ways to continue our mission of educating and uplifting and um, celebrating the music of the 20th century and of Cincinnati, of hiring local musicians, hiring local artists and sound technicians during this time as much as we could. Um, so we, um, made good friends with Brandenburg Productions. Uh, <laughs> Our good friends too. Yes, yes. Just a wonderful, wonderful, um, sound engineer based here in Cincinnati. And we learned how to record, record, make, make videos. Um, and a lot of them, we tried to release, uh, what we called cabarets every couple of months um, with a different theme, with different collections of music. And not, what even were the themes? I know we did a blues cabaret, singing the blues cabaret. We did a, a Halloween themed one and oh, a New Year's themed one. Yeah, it was that was the... fun. Yeah. 
um, we, we did that. We were able to actually, you know, make some relationships with local establishments that it was, it was kind of cool. We were able to do, um, record a concert inside the Hilton Netherland Plaza hotel, um, the gorgeous, gorgeous, um, art deco, um, kind of bar room, I guess. Yeah, what Orchids is that? Oh, Palm it's Court. yeah, it's yeah. the Orchids at Palm Court. We did a mm-hmm. concert in there that Bill recorded, a Christmas concert that was really wonderful. Um, we got to do a Valentine's Day concert that was recorded at the Fitton Center. Um, that then I think was was broadcast by Arts Wave, and I think, I think, oh yeah, it was on Hamilton TV. Hamilton, TV. yeah. Um, so we were able to do those things. Also, through the pandemic, we thought, well, while we're recording all this stuff, let's do an album. <laughs> let's just go ahead and record an album. Why not? And and what should we focus on? Rosemary Clooney. Old Faithful. Old <laughs> so, uh, Faithful. We love our Rosie. Um, and, you know, she did, she did quite a bit of recording herself. I think she... Yeah, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even have a number for everything she recorded throughout her whole life. But um, yeah, we, we recorded and released our first album called Count Your Blessings, a tribute to Rosemary Clooney during uh, the pandemic. And it was, it was a different kind of experience. All the musicians recorded separately um, because we were still in isolation then. So everybody did it separately with a click track. Insane. It, it was in yeah. looking back, I learned so much. I'm so grateful for the lessons. I'm so grateful to Bill Brandenburg, Brandenburg Productions. <laughs> so grateful to Matthew for not throwing me out a window. So <laughs> I, I think that was the biggest thing, though, like during COVID, like it was it. I mean, it was rough. It was rough. And we're really super grateful to be here on this side of it, because I, I know not everybody not not all of the organizations you know that that uh, were our size in in cincinnati made it all the way through and and Mm -hmm. we're really grateful to be here and um Mm -hmm. i i definitely think that has a lot to do with like the the team that we uh, yeah we had each other the two of us because if it was up up to just either one of us it wouldn't happen but um we we learned so much and you know nothing like just seeing yourself on camera for a year to really (laughs) learn uh, a lot um exactly does does Ooh. my face that's what my face is, looks like yeah is that what my I voice sounds like say yeah. things okay um but just being able to really kind of polish up our our image online i mean we really had to just zoom in and focus on it for a year and i uh longer and so i'm i'm grateful for that experience on this side of things sure um, because we all learned a lot of skills um that we didn't have before and yeah. uh but luckily we have a lot of great video content now. <laughs> well, and you, you rolled it all up into a membership service, right? An online membership service. We sure did. We launched QCC plus mm-hmm. um, in, in no way related to another popular uh, plus streaming service. <laughs> but yeah, we, 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 <laughs> we created an online streaming service where we housed, you know, we, we always released a certain amount of the content to everyone, um, but then for a small monthly fee, um, our supporters could enjoy full-length filmed shows, behind the scenes, um, 
interviews that we did, things of that nature. And it was wonderful because it allowed us to stay in touch with some of our, mm-hmm. our most exuberant supporters. Um, mm-hmm. And they were wonderful because they kept supporting us even mm-hmm. when we looked like a couple of buffoons mm-hmm. trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to look decent on camera. Um, <laughs> and it, it was, it was, I, we were so grateful. We were, we were so grateful uh, for that monthly that monthly streaming service because it allowed us to continue to create music and continue to create content for our audience, for people that we want to make music for and uplift and all of that. about him and talking about him and talking about him I can't stop talking about him the man that I adore I can't stop talking about him and talking about him and talking about him I can't stop talking about him and though I seem a bore I can't stop telling about him and yelling about him and telling about him I can't stop hollering over the moment that we met he had a pinstriped what do you call it a beautiful smile and a barrel of money I can't stop talking about him yet he kissed me and a bell went bomb a whistle went through and now I can't stop talking about him and talking about him and talking about him and if he was yours well neither would you one of the silver linings of that whole era and we did similar things it was so cool COVID was really good for as in the arts I feel like a lot of transparency happened and Mm. you know transparency in terms of like really important profound conversations but also like uh, transparency just uh, in more trivial but really cool ways like more interviews with artists that were available to the public like more of this behind the scenes and how the inside of the industry works which I think as an audience member I know as myself as an audience member of other organizations that were putting out that kind of behind the scenes stuff conversations interviews roundtable discussions it was fascinating and it was so much more in-depth and supplementary to the uh, to just going to these organizations' live concerts. That is all we would get from them um, in the before times. So what you said about all the stuff that you added to QCC Plus, it, in addition to you know recorded concerts, is really really cool. And the organizations that went in that route, I think held people's attention as best as they could during such a crazy, crazy time. And that was so cool. So I wanted to make sure you guys got your flowers for that because, <laughs> you know, thank you, you did Sam. And you And you as well. We were like sister ships, just, you know. <laughs> sister ship circling the funnel. Just circling yes. the funnel, just, you know, praying for a divine intervention. Indeed. And, yeah. Indeed. Here we are. We're still above water. So here we, here we are above water. And luckily, we're back to live performances and hopefully luckily. taking a lot of the positives from COVID with us. So 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 let's talk about the future. What what can you guys reveal about what your plans are and where you see QCC headed um, in the future in this new era? Ooh. 
<laughs> well, I mean, we're we're definitely really exploring a lot of uh, uh, a lot of things. Like we've we've started to uh, travel a little bit outside the city and book shows uh, that are uh, not in Cincinnati, and we found that we really really like to do that and and travel and and either bring a band or meet a band um where we go and and put together a concert and so i think we're 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 really exploring that and just kind of seeing how, how we can grow the organization in in that way i mean we have we have future recording uh hopes and dreams and so we're we're looking forward and, and starting to plan for what comes after our Rosemary Clooney album, what's next and, and how can we improve on, on, on that and take what we learned and, and go from there, you know? And, and then we, we, I, I say all this, like what we're, we're getting out, but we really, we, we, we definitely still want to focus here uh, on, mm-hmm. on what we have in town and, and our um, great supporters and community here. And um, so we, are looking forward to a collaboration with YPCC in the fall um, uh, and a, a, a Christmas show uh, that is uh, already set. And we'll have details about that <laughs> coming up. But And then uh, looking forward to something really fun, a big splashy show in the spring again, too. So we're not leaving, you know, uh, Cincinnati out, uh, even as we start to explore um, this music kind of outside of the city and what that looks like for us. So we, we know the music that we like, and it turns out a lot of people really enjoy, mm-hmm. enjoy that too. And so we're, mm-hmm. we're just going to see, I think where we go. It sounds like a great addition, not substitution of anything. And it sounds like given all the history of this city in the genre, that, that QCC is going to be great ambassadors for the city as you go out and, and, you know, share it with other geographies. I think so too. That honestly, that's something that excites me um, mm-hmm. is to have the opportunity to, yeah, kind of be a Queen City music ambassador. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like I've always felt like Cincinnati doesn't get enough credit. That's what I tell people. Um, yes. You know, I yeah. feel like, especially artistically, I mean, mm-hmm. holy, holy organizations like music organizations that we have here, you know, opera, symphony, all these just outstanding, you know just the best, the best that you can be, uh, kind of organizations, not to mention, um, I'm, I'm a voice teacher as well. And I, I work with a lot of commercial genres and we've got a really awesome singer songwriter scene and rock band scene. And there's just so much good art yeah. and music happening here that it excites me to, to, to share that with more people. Um, but you know, something that we are looking to, in the near future, as far as collaborations go, we're so glad to be doing this collaboration with CSI. Um, we're also going to be collaborating with the Cincinnati Boy Choir this May for a Patsy Klein show. Um, and right, that's going to be pretty fun. They're going to they're going to yeah. be the Jordanaires. It's going to be pretty cool if you're a Patsy fan. Um. <laughs> the famous, yeah, men's brothers quartet that recorded with Patsy and Elvis and all sorts of people in, in the forties and fifties. We're going to have the Cincinnati Boy Choir on stage singing the Jordanaires in their right. cowboy hats. It's going to be it's so going to be pretty great. And you know, it's funny people don't think of Patsy. They don't associate her necessarily with the Great American Songbook, but she's about a songbook as it gets. You know, really she true. she made yep. famous Irving Berlin's "Always, Always" that recording. 
Um, so we're excited about that. We're excited to continue those kind of collaborations with the other amazing arts groups in town. We're also working on a project with the Imperial Theater uh, in the Mohawk District uh, downtown. Um, if you don't know anything about that project, I would highly recommend to check it out. Um, they are working on bringing a theater back to its form its former glory um, mm-hmm. down there, the Imperial, Imperial Theater. And so we're working with them and part of their musical team um, for exciting future plans for that theater. So we are we are just, you know, ever little Tasmanian devils doing our thing. <laughs> always, <laughs> always emails to send. <laughs> we're just insufferable. Plans, plans to be made. <laughs> always, always emails. It sounds so fantastic. And you have clearly unlocked the key of collaboration, partnerships, playing in the sandbox with others. It's the best way to make stuff happen. And I can't wait to see all this stuff blossom. Um, Thank you. We're stronger together. Mm -hmm. uh, Well, the, the, the first of those blossomings being our concert on March 18th. Yes. Unforgettable. uh, The golden age of the great American songbook. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we'll get into the, We'll get into it. But what for, for anybody listening that isn't super uh, clear on what exactly the great American songbook is, and you know, it is a little bit vague. Tell us what your guys take on the genre of the great American songbook is. It, yeah, it is yeah. a little bit vague. And I don't think there is, uh, you know, there's not like an, an official list that this is, this is the, mm-hmm. these are the songs of the songbook, but the, right. the, the Great American Songbook are, are you know, uh, tunes from the, the early 20th century and, and really continuing up through the, the middle of the century songs that kind of transcended where they, where they started from uh, songs that, that m- most people in the American society you have probably heard of. And uh, a lot of them got their start in movies or on Broadway, yep. Um, yep. the Tin Pan Alley, uh, and, and have kind of stuck around in, in the American psyche. So I think one really great example of a song in the Great American Songbook would be Over the Rainbow, right? It had a, 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 a great start and a, a star uh, singing early on and, and Judy Garland's version of that from The Wizard of Oz is of course so classic. But that song has has really grown beyond that movie and and has been reinterpreted so many different times and is uh, that it would be hard to find somebody uh, who hasn't heard that song somewhere along the line. You know, it's it's part of who we all are uh, and and part of the American music tradition. And so I think that that's kind of the basis for the Great American Songbook. And and you'll find people who argue. And I think we also subscribe to that, that the songbook is still being added to, you know, it's, it's hard to know today what songs uh, that are on the radio will still be around, you know, 30 years from now, but. Um, I put my money on Billy Joel. Myself. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> but we can all, yeah, we can think about some, there are Joni Mitchell songs and Carol King songs that I think, uh, you know, live in the songbook now and have, have found their way in. We can't claim Joni, though. She's not American. Well, that's that's true. That's true. Okay, thank you. Yes, thank you for... I know. I always think, oh, yeah, Elton John. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Does it count? Okay, but Carol? Carol. We got Carol. Yep. Yep. And and (laughs) songs that are are just so spectacular on their own and, yeah, have other artists have have claimed claimed them and, and, and created brand new 
uh, versions of them. I think I, I Will Always Love You is also like a contemporary <gasps> yes. American songbook <laughs> tune. Mm-hmm. But the ones that we're focusing on for our March 18th concert are really going to be kind of uh, from the, the traditional era, the, the golden age of the great American songbook, which is really like the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s. And, uh, uh, jazz and Standards by um, Irving Berlin and Cole Porter Johnny Mercer, we're going to explore some tunes from Broadway, from Hollywood, um, the, the smooth stylings of Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, it's going to be, yes. it's going to be a really nice uh, yes. concert and, and a good variety of music to, to introduce our audience to the goal, to the great American songbook and kind of all mm-hmm. of the great tunes. Um, there's a, there's a good chance that you'll know some tunes on this concert. <laughs> uh, so I think it'll be a lot of fun. And you two are styling, and you'll also be joined on stage by others, right? Yes, we are so excited to collaborate not only with CSI on this concert, but to invite Mandy Gaines and Steve Schmidt to join us on stage. Um, I have, oh my gosh, I'm just so thrilled to share the stage with Mandy. Um, She is a fantastic jazz vocalist, um, has just been been in this world and performing and touring and um being an amazing professional musician for years and she is she is a true master um and i am i am just thrilled to hear her uh in this repertoire um and i know that it'll be a treat for everybody listening um as well as steve schmidt who is one of our area's just leading jazz pianists Yep, mm-hmm. the best of the best. Yeah, I think they're mm-hmm. just great storytellers and um, are going to bring so much to to this concert. Yeah, um, Mandy has sung with the Cincinnati Pops uh, for years and years and years. Uh, we had a meeting with her last fall and she was trying to wrap it up quick because she had to go pack for her tour, jazz tour across France. She was singing in, <laughs> in jazz festivals across France for the next month. And so we had to Can't wrap it up quick. I mean, she's just <laughs> no big deal. absolutely a star. Uh, so I think it's going to be a really great night. And, uh, so we'll, we'll be kind of living in our own duos, uh, and making music, but there'll be some uh, collaboration, some crossover, uh, in the concert as well. Love it. And we'll be, we'll be with our friends at Liberty Exhibition Hall in Northside. Um, if you do not have your ticket yet and you're listening to this on this drop date of this episode, February 23rd, you need to run, don't walk to go scoop your tickets up. Who even knows if there'll be any left between us recording this and February 23rd, but um, go scoop them up because t- uh, seats are limited and it's at Liberty Exhibition Hall. We love our friends at Liberty, don't we? That is a cool They're space. Wonderful. They treat us so well every time we're there and the, yeah. the space itself is just just uh such a cool place to to be yeah it yeah. gets better too every time we go they've they've mm-hmm. improved mm-hmm. it made it better so and they, they they do their own monday night jazz i think down in the lounge on the lower level so listeners if you're if you're looking for a fix on a monday night because nothing else is open head over to Northside and head to the lounge because they do their <laughs> right. own jazz stuff so we love you we love you liberty um cool so march 18th 7 30 p.m right Yes. Liberty Exhibition Hall yes. in Northside. Grab your tickets. They're going fast. It is going to be an unforgettable night Woo-hoo! of the Great American Songbook. I with see what you did our, there. Our friends Queen City Cabaret and Mandy and Steve. So, yeah, thank you guys for for stopping by and telling us a little about your awesome organization. 
Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having us, Sam. We always love chatting with you, and um, it's just been so fun to to see you guys grow and uh, and everything that you've done in the Cincinnati scene, and also kind of the the more national, uh, you know, art song scene. So uh, yeah, it's, I love that this collaboration has been so long in in coming, and it, it's it's about time. So that's I'm the truth. Yeah. That is the truth. That is the truth. Any parting thoughts or did we, did we hit it all? You guys are the best. I don't know. I think, I, I think we, we hit mostly all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything that we should hit. And anything that I can. And she didn't hit me. So we I should didn't be. <laughs> no, we're doing Most well. Most importantly. <laughs> we're doing well. We're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> he's my brother found that's what i always say he's the, he's the brother i picked up along the way to our to our audio only listeners these two are joining me uh together they're on the other the other end of the screen together on a couch so there could well have been fisticuffs <laughs> <laughs> but they play nicely in the sand so you guys are the best thank you we'll, we'll see you on march 18th and i know i can't wait and i think everybody else can't wait either so We'll see you then. Thanks, Thanks so much, Sam. Sam. A big thanks to Sarah and Matthew for sitting down and sharing a bit about Queen City Cabaret, its history, its programs, and its vision for the future as it shares the wonderful genre of cabaret with our Cincinnati home and beyond. If you don't have your tickets yet for CSI and QCC's co-production of Unforgettable, The Golden Age of the Great American Songbook on March 18th, 2023 at 7.30 p.m., make sure to snap up your tickets while they're still available. We'll see you at the cabaret. What was your favorite part about this episode? Let me know when you rate, review, and subscribe this podcast. It's the best way to help the show reach other song lovers. And isn't that what it's all about? Catch new episodes of Song Cycle every fourth Thursday of the month, wherever you podcast. Song Cycle is a production of Cincinnati Song Initiative. You can learn more about its network of podcasts at cincinnatisonginitiative.org slash podcasts. That's all for now, songsters. We'll see you next time. Thank you.